Welcome to another special episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Now, today is a bit of a special day for me, so I thought I would feature a subject that is special for me also, and one that is not typically addressed in a podcast series revolving around business, but has everything to do with success. On business-wise, we have not defined success as merely financial success. Achieving financial success is important in this day and age, and I guess you could say it's a component of success. But if one could define success merely by how much, quote, worth, end quote, one has in terms of money, there are a lot of very, quote, successful, end quote, people who are very unhappy. And if you don't believe it, check up on the drug and alcohol usage of many of these folks, and you can even check the suicide rates. The media loves to feature the latest self-destruction of a wealthy or, quote, successful, end quote, person, don't they? So there's more to success than that, and there isn't a listener to this podcast who doesn't somehow know this in their guts. There are many elements to happiness and success, and we're not going to try and cover all of them in one episode, but I thought we could take this opportunity to talk about one of them. It revolves around an old word, a great word, but if you look it up on Google and you check the usage of this word, you'll see that its usage has been in a drastic decline since the end of the 1800s. Check it out. It's interesting. It is the word honor. Now, the Oxford definition of the term is pretty lame, as you will see as we discuss this further, but here it is. Oxford defines honor as adherence to what is right or to a conventional standard of conduct. And they give an example of, uh, I must, as a matter of honor, avoid any taint of dishonesty. Okay, well, um, First of all, I don't know if the conventional standards of conduct would be considered honorable or not. Uh, You can decide that for yourself. So, but adherence to what is right, I guess that's okay, as long as you know what right means. But anyway, that's the Oxford definition. We're going to go into this in a lot more detail. Uh, It comes from uh, Middle English, from Old French, honor, noun, honore, verb. From Latin, honus, honor. So even in the derivation, you know, there doesn't seem to be a very high level of confront on this term by dear old Oxford. But as you will see, Mr. Hubbard puts a very high value on this word and this concept. Anyhow, let's clear up three words here right off the bat that we're going to uh, need to know to understand the following article I'm going to go over with you. The first of these is the term self-determinism. Now, this simply means the ability to direct himself. That's a definition from Mr. Hubbard. It comes from a lecture from uh, 21st December 1953. So that's pretty simple. You can direct yourself. You're self-determined. Now, that means you're not being directed uh, by your environment. And sometimes things can be said to one that seem to create a reaction that is not necessarily self-determined. And you see people all the time operating on some apparently other determinism, uh, merely by the fact that they are in certain situations or certain environments or certain things are said to them and they go off half-cocked or they go into grief or sadness or, you know, there seems to be a button that can be pushed 
and the person reacts a certain way. That would not be self-determinism. So self-determinism is a, is a wonderful freedom, and it's a wonderful concept, and one that uh, we can all work on. All right, so the next term is tone scale. Mr. Hubbard defines it as a scale of emotional tones, which shows the levels of human behavior. These tones range from the highest to the lowest are, in part, enthusiasm, conservatism, boredom, antagonism, anger, covert hostility, fear, grief, and apathy. We've all seen ranges of emotions amongst all of us. A person can get angry, a person can be sad. These are all emotional tones, but they can be arranged on a scale, and you will notice that people tend to inhabit chronically one tone or another. You'll see people who are kind of cranky, generally angry, anger easily. Uh, People don't particularly want to approach them for that reason. You see people that are kind of apathetic most of the time or sad a lot of the time. So people inhabit these levels. Some are higher toned, more conservative, pretty rational, but maybe a little uh, cautious. And then you have, of course, your enthusiastic individuals who tend to sustain a pretty high tone. And people generally like being around individuals like that. You, you can tell that's a higher tone. So it's a scale. And, we, and Mr. Hubbard calls it the tone scale. And then we have this term aberration. We've looked at this before in earlier podcasts, uh, which is a departure from rational thought or behavior. Any deranged or irrational behavior. It means basically to err, to make mistakes, or more specifically to have fixed ideas which are not true. You know, you can have a fixed idea that all dogs are vicious or something like that, and you see people around dogs acting very irrationally, you would say they were aberrated on the subject of dogs. It's not true that all dogs are vicious. Some are and some aren't. Some are very playful and come over to jump in your lap. And if the person's aberrated on the subject, uh, they head screamingly out the door. So um, you would say that was aberrated. Aberration. Very useful word. So with those uh, terms under our belt, let's take a look at this. Uh, Mr. Hubbard penned a code of honor in the early 1950s. And we're going to go over this code point by point. But uh, he introduced it in this way, and I quote, he says, self-determinism's basic intent as it goes up the tone scale is in the direction of a code. So we're talking about, when we're talking about taking a person up the tone scale, if we're talking about Deaberating an individual, we are taking them more and more in the direction of their own self-determinism. They are at cause. And they can determine their placement, they can determine their activities, they can determine their tone. That's self-determinism. So he says self-determinism's basic intent as it goes up the tone scale is in the direction of a code. The unaberated individual follows this code more or less instinctively. Every time it has been violated, It has been an aberration. So let's take a look at this code, which Mr. Hubbard says, a being as he becomes more and more self-determined, as he becomes less and less aberrated, he tends to approach this code of conduct. But I might also suggest if we have this code of conduct, 
And if as we come up the tone scale, we approach it, perhaps by working on this code ourselves now in whatever condition we find ourselves in, we will achieve a higher and higher tone. So we're looking at the converse of this. You know, why not practice the code of honor as best as we can? Okay, let's take a look at it. So there are uh, 15 points altogether. Number one, never desert a comrade in need, in danger, or in trouble. Now, a comrade, it's an interesting choice of words, a comrade, a person who shares in one's activities, occupation, etc., companion, associate, or friend. Okay? Now, think about this. Comrade, someone who's working alongside of you to achieve something, and they get in trouble, they are in danger, and we walk away. How long does that sit in our universe? How long do we dwell on that? How deep do we have to bury something like that? I mean, amongst soldiers, this point of honor is very, very remarkable, I guess you could say and what uh, heroism has been accomplished by those who refuse to desert a comrade in need, in danger, or in trouble. And these are honored by us very, very appropriately. But this is also something that we can practice in our own lives because each of us are engaged in some sort of activity to achieve some goals or purposes. And some of these goals and purposes require quite a bit of arduous. They are not easily come by. I mean, the bigger the goal, the bigger the ambition. And one picks up along the way, comrades. And uh, once you pick up one of those comrades, you, um, you kind of got to stick by him. Two, never withdraw allegiance once granted. Okay. Uh, in an earlier episode, we talked about the doubt formula. So, you're taking a look at a group, you're taking a look at an individual, and you go and you make a rational decision. This person deserves your allegiance, or this group deserves your allegiance. You give that allegiance, then uh, don't take it back. You know, you say you're in, you're in. And uh, honor it to, uh, to the bitter end. All right, number three, never desert a group to which you owe your support. Boy, if you ever want to hear someone be critical about a group, uh, which, of course, who does? Because it gets really irrational and nasty sometimes when people start talking about their earlier groups. But uh, if they've been a part of a group to which they really owe their support, maybe they gave them their allegiance and uh, that group has supported them in some way or helped them in some way, and now they, uh, for whatever reason, which we're not going to go into a lot of detail on, but quite often that reason has to do with the, their own violation of the Code of Honor, they leave a group like that. And boy, they have nothing nice to say about that group. I'm sure you've had this experience, um, probably experienced it from many different angles. But if you ever want to hear some vitriol about a group, talk to someone who's deserted it. <laughs> And you can count on it. But of course, uh, I don't imagine many of the listeners do like to listen to that. But if you do ever hear it, you recognize that this person is violated. Probably, number three, never desert a group to which you owe your support. 
Four, never disparage yourself or minimize your strength or power. What does disparage mean? It means to regard or represent as being of little worth. To disparage. You know, you have a teammate, you disparage them. You're speaking of them as being of little worth, and you're regarding them as being of little worth. So that's not very nice. But what's not, what's also not very nice is to do that to yourself. And uh, boy, there's a lot of that going around. You know, well, you know, I, I don't know if I'm really able enough, or I'm strong enough, or I'm fast enough, or I'm smart enough. And, uh, you know, this is too much for me. I don't think I can deal with this. Every time you say that to yourself, you're disparaging yourself and you're violating number four of the code of honor. And that's pretty, uh, you're creating aberration for yourself. Why say that? You know, I'm always broke. You know, I never make things happen the way I expect them to. Or, you know, you hear this so often in common parlance. It's like, hey, you know, knock that off. Certainly knock it off within yourself. Okay. Number five, never need praise, approval, or sympathy. That's another one. Like, you know, how come no one thanked me? How come no one praised me? How come no one approved of this? Like, yeah, I understand. Uh, it's nice to be acknowledged. It's nice to get a little praise here and there when it's justly earned, but to crave it, to need it, you're just you're just turning over the right to survive to others. Can I get your approval? Or, you know, oh, I just had a boo-boo. Can I get some sympathy from you? Like, what is that sympathy going to do for you? Right? So if you need it, you know, if you're getting it, fine. You get some praise. Okay, cool. But need it? Crave it? You, you see individuals like that. How happy can those people be? They are at complete effect of others. You know, they stop applauding when they come on stage. Uh, you know, they don't have quite the looks they had as an actor, perhaps, and they're slipping a bit in popularity, and oh my God, you know, it's the end of the world. No, it's not. But it is if you don't have this point of the code of honor in, which is never need praise, approval, or sympathy. And it doesn't mean be a jerk either. You have the other points of the code of honor, but um, don't put yourself in that position. Number six, Never compromise with your own reality. You have a reality. You have your own analysis of the situation. You have your own perception. Okay? And others can insist that you have a different reality. No, no, no. We're not really doing anything unusual. This is how it's done today. You know, perhaps you're in a business and there's a, a standard business practice that ah, doesn't seem right to you. But uh, everybody else is doing it. You know, but it just doesn't seem quite right. Uh, oh, no, it's perfectly legal or whatever. And you have your own reality. Hey, man, stick with it. And if others decide to ridicule about it and say, well, you know, you're old fashioned or, you know, you're such a stick in the mud or this is actually kind of fun or, you know, no. Stick to your own reality. Now, it doesn't mean to say your reality can't be changed. Realities do change. You know, you can get more information and you can look at it and you can go, hmm, interesting, good point. Okay, and now you can adjust that reality for yourself, but whatever your reality is, don't compromise with it. Okay. Seven, never permit your affinity to be alloyed. Now, alloy means 
weaken or spoil by adding something that reduces value or pleasure. Okay, so make a new friend, uh, hire a new employee, start working for a new boss, and you feel this affinity for that person. And affinity means a desire to be in the same space as. You know, lack of affinity would be a desire not to be in the same space as. So affinity, no, I like being around this person. And uh, someone tells you something about that person. It's all too common for uh, these days for someone to say, make some passing remark about, yeah, I'm glad you're getting along with your new boss, but I've heard, you know, that uh, you can always start out like that with him. And then sooner or later, though, he starts getting vicious with you or he will mistreat you or he'll shortchange you on your pay or, you know, th this kind of stuff. It's all too common where uh, we speak of each other and uh, influence other people's affinity. We alloy their affinity. Well, um, don't allow yours to be alloyed, you know? You, you have an affinity for a person uh, based on your own reality, you know, doesn't get shaken. Uh, it's almost part of a definition of a true friend. You know, stick up for your friends. Somebody wants to talk negatively about someone you respect or care about, you know, maybe you ought to stick up for them. Don't allow them to, don't allow your affinity for that person to be alloyed. Okay, number eight, do not give or receive communication unless you yourself desire it. Now, amongst my members, this seems to be the one they remember the most. <laughs> uh, because, uh, unfortunately, all too often, it gets a little bit too difficult to get into communication with one another. And uh, I don't really think that we should adopt that policy amongst comrades uh, because very often comrades work more effectively if they're in tight communication with one another. But nonetheless, number eight is do not give or receive communication unless you yourself desire it. Uh, how many uh, members do I know that keep communication lines that are destructive to them? They won't, uh, they won't handle them. They won't disconnect from them. You know, you have an individual who... Um, you know is disruptive in your uh, place of business and uh, for some reason, keep accepting that communication, keep giving that person communication even though they are a source of upset perhaps within the business. Why are you keeping them in that group? I, I would probably say if I did a survey of three wise member businesses, I'd probably find at least amongst one of those businesses an individual that's being retained that nobody particularly wants to give or receive communication uh, with. So don't, you know, they don't have to be part of your group. They can be dismissed. I think one of the most important survival skills, we talked about the tone scale earlier. There's a book on the tone scale by Mr. Hubbard, very, very detailed called Science of Survival. And I don't know of a more survival technology or skill than the ability to identify the tone level of those around you. Okay. If you can do that unerringly, you stand a very good chance of surviving well in this world. Okay. And if you don't, you have a, you stand a very good chance of being around some low tone people that you're not identifying that can create endless problems for you because low tone people are generally succumbing. They're not trying to survive. The person that's chronically in apathy or uh, covertly hostile, very friendly to your face, but knifing you in the back. Oh my God, Brie, you dyed your hair. It looks amazing. So um, why are we keeping these people in our uh, 
periphery? Why are we keeping these people in our environment? It's one thing that you can't identify them, but once they're identified, don't hang out with them. You know, find people that are more fun to hang out with, find people that are higher toned. And uh, that all by itself uh, can lead to a much greater level of success. In fact, um, it is somewhat of a common denominator. Uh, some of these very successful people that have created incredible organizations, uh, not necessarily even with the Harvard Management System, but you talk to them or you read what they write about what how they accomplish the things they're accomplishing, very common denominator often is uh, they surround themselves with good people and they don't keep people around them that are not good people. So number eight, very critical, do not give or receive communication unless you yourself desire it. But I would re- recommend don't use it in an aberrated way to just stop communicating to everybody. But um, anyway, it's your code of honor. You apply it. Okay, number nine. Your self-determinism and your honor are more important than your immediate life. Okay, your honor is more important than your immediate life. And there uh, are plenty of examples of individuals who have grossly violated their honor and they go on with the rest of their lives miserable. Okay, what's the point? You know, stick up for yourself, stick up for the things you believe in. if you're going to do stuff like that, particularly if what you believe in or what you're standing for is something that is of great benefit to humanity, let's face it, you know, you end up putting a, a bullseye on your back or your forehead or uh, if you decide you're going to do something worthwhile about about mankind. Generally, people don't, you know, uh, necessarily, some people do, but there's others who really don't want to see uh, mankind thrive. And uh, if you don't believe it, take a look at the condition of mankind and ask yourself, well, who's causing that? So the individual who stands up for these things um, very often finds other comrades and you know they tend to have a sense of their own honor. Uh, they have a strong sense of their own self-determinism. And they are deeply admired by many. But the point is this, if they violate that self-established honor, self-established self-determinism, at some point, they are by far a lesser person after that. And we've all witnessed that too. And that is a rather sad thing to see. So don't do that, despite whatever danger, your self-determinism and your honor are more important than your immediate life. Number 10, your integrity to yourself is more important than your body. This, of course, is much more real when you have the viewpoint that you are not your body and that you are actually a spiritual entity or being, which most people have that viewpoint. And um, wherever you're going after you drop this particular body, I think your integrity is going to be a major factor in how you are going to do up the line, whether it's a matter of going to heaven or going to hell or uh, moving into uh, another phase or body, Um, whatever your reality is, take your integrity with you. (laughs) That's the moral of that story because it's more important than your body, your integrity. Okay, 11, never regret yesterday. Life is in you today and you make your tomorrow. Why regret yesterday? What are you going to do about yesterday? 
if you're going to regret yesterday, it's probably going to influence how you are going to create your today and how, you, how you're going to create your tomorrow. So skip it. There's no sense in it. There's no value in it. So never regret yesterday. We did it. We'll take responsibility for it. Now we are in today. We are living today and we are creating our tomorrow. So that's point number 11 of the Code of Honor. Number 12, never fear to hurt another in a just cause. You've got a just cause. Sometimes there's a cost. And you have to do what you have to do to, um, to achieve that cause. And sometimes it involves hurting another. And that's unfortunate, but the cause is greater. 13, don't desire to be liked or admired. Now, again, you're, you're giving people... You're asking their license to survive. Please admire me. Please admire me. We've seen people like that. And, and what kind of violations of their own honor do they engage in to be admired? No, thank you. 14, be your own advisor, keep your own counsel, and select your own decisions. Okay? There's nothing wrong with getting advice. There's nothing wrong with researching. There's nothing wrong with checking other sources. But in the final analysis, be your own advisor and keep your own counsel. And select your own decisions. 15. Be true to your own goals. Nothing will make you more miserable than to give up on your goals. So once you've clearly established what those goals are, stick with it. And that's your final point. And that's this code of honor. Now, an important point about this code of honor from Mr. Hubbard, and I quote him here. He says, the code of honor is a code of honor as long as it is not enforced. If a person is big enough or strong enough or sane enough, then he can indulge himself in the luxury of holding upon himself freely and of his own decision, the code of honor. When such an ethical code begins to be enforced, it becomes then a moral code. A moral code is enforceable. Mores are those things which makes a society possible. They are the heavily agreed upon policed codes of conduct of the society. Okay, so here we, Mr. Hubbard departs from Oxford in that he's stating, no, there is two things here. You've got a moral code. Those are more analogous to uh, the definition that we read earlier from Oxford, a conventional standard of conduct. Those might be your morals, your moral code, and these might be enforced in a society we're talking about more of the first part of that definition, adherence to what is right. Here we have an incredible description from Mr. Hubbard of, of honorable conduct, okay? But you can only achieve that through your own self-determined assumption of that code. It cannot be enforced because the moment it is, it becomes a moral code and it's no longer a code of honor, okay? So, Thank you for listening. I went over this with you uh, as quickly as I could, but I do think it is a very important element in achieving your success. If you are going to build a thriving company, organization, group, and disregard honor and the code of honor, I think your success will not truly be success. It will be a hollow success. It will not be a complete success and you will not be happy. There'll be points in the road where it's very rough. Uh, there will be, you'll get ridicule. You may not necessarily be admired. You may not necessarily be approved of. You may not necessarily get sympathy. Sticking to your goals, uh, pushing through, 
not disparaging yourself, you know, hey, you know, be a little more humble. No, don't, you don't have to be arrogant, but don't go around disparaging yourself either. Get the job done. Seek, establish clearly your goals. Be true to them. Stick by your friends. Stick by, stay in communication with those who are working with you. Don't, don't work with those that just are not on the same page as you. And uh, you will get there. You'll get to your goals and you will leave a mark in this world, which is a, and it's a world that definitely needs a few people to leave their mark. So strongly advocating this for the members, but of course it is your choice whether to accept or adopt it or not. And um, there you have it. Thank you for listening. Uh, That concludes today's episode. Very unusual one, a little bit longer one. Um, Hope you guys are listening to this, got this far. Uh, Please send in your wins and comments. We all very much appreciate them. And uh, I'll talk to you again uh, on the regular episode come Monday.